0: blau und weiß ein leben lang hallo meine leute wie geht's Willkommen zum das einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast for the fans and the only podcast on t- live on Twitch. Uh, it's Victory Monday. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. As always, joining me on the show on this wonderful Victory Monday with our drinks in hand, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on this uh, Monday Monday evening?
1: Hey, hey, Richard. Or shall I say, Derby Seeger, Derby Seeger, hey, hey.
0: Derby Seager, Because it
1: is a Victory Monday and the most important Victory Monday of the year because it is a Riviera Derby Victory oh, Monday. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah, so, how
1: you feeling, dude?
0: I feel great, man. I haven't felt this great in a while. I almost forgot what it's like to win. And I'm, I'm I'm kind of under the impression that Schalke has just been fluffing this whole season just to fake Dortmund out, just so we could win this game. But that's probably a little uh, maniacal of me to think. But hey, we're Schalke fans. That's what we do, right?
1: That would be like deep undercover <laughs> if that was really the whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole plot. And everything, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but yes, it was a it was a heck of a game. Uh, we'll we'll obviously get to that. Um, we, do, we want to get to right away off the bat is uh, some Twitter questions. We had a lot of comments and, and questions uh, on Twitter. We want to get to that so we don't forget it. Um, let's start off real quick, uh, hot and heavy. Uh, from at Doug J2, he says, uh, his question is, why is the team being so hard on Bentova? If the rumors are true, missing language lessons seems rather petty. Apparently, Amin Harit had the same uh, situation. Uh, his play on the field is enough to outweigh something seemingly so small. Maybe some maybe some time on the bench, but weeks on the U twenty three seems excessive. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: It's a tough situation, isn't it? Um yeah. I mean, I, I totally sympathize with the opinion of, of of the listener there, in in the sense that. You know we're in a relegation dogfight, and we need everybody on the pitch. And when you have somebody like Bentaleb, who I think many people would would argue is one of our better players, um, something as as small as missing a language lesson, you know, is that really worth getting relegated over? But, you know, we really could use a guy like that. Um, and and I, I I agree with the fact that we need Bentaleb on the pitch. I, I do think that he is um, somebody who should be on the team sheet every week, but. I also see the other side of it, which is that like you know, there's been disciplinary issues all season with Shalka. We've seen this repeatedly, yeah. and um, you know, it, as the situation gets worse and worse in the club, and we're you know sinking lower and lower into the table, things are starting to spiral out of control. And at some point, you kind of have to take a stand and say like, you know, you're not going to be able to get away with this just because we need you. Like that's not how it works. Like right. there there are right. standards you have to meet professional standards, and if this is part of what you're supposed to do at this club. um, you need to go to your foreign language lessons so you can learn German or whatever. You have to do that because everyone else has to do that. that that's in that situation. Um, so I, I wish it wasn't the case. And, and maybe there's more going on behind the scenes that we don't know. I, I mean, I would love if Benteleb would <laughs> tell us what's going on himself. Um, but uh, it, it is unfortunate that he's not on the pitch. But I, I, mean, I, I kind of see both sides of it. it it's definitely a catch-22. And, um <laughs> I, mean, I, I know it's like a language lesson, so that seems like not important. But there's been other stuff too. It, it's also like a, a you know uh, an accumulation of things off the pitch. And if they, if Benzoleb's just literally just not caring and trying to get away with it, you got to take a stand.
0: It's funny because uh, we just someone just twi- uh, sent us a message on Twitch, and they asked uh, It's from Weston McKinney Workrate. That's a, that's the handle, and he says if Benteleb isn't willing to learn how to speak Jogo Benito, then he doesn't deserve a spot on the club. Uh, so it's kind of I guess in tune with what you're saying there, you know, if you got if you gotta take lessons, take the lessons, man. Um I get it, but it, it does also seem a little bit petty that um you know, you're holding someone who's got so much talent that can help the team so much at a critical time of the season like this yeah. or something like that. I mean Harid as well, but yeah, I mean, you gotta draw a fine line somewhere, right? You gotta you gotta have the guys' discipline um enough, but where do you draw the line in? You know, is it language? Le- is it language lessons? Is it partying at night? Well, I think definitely partying at night, especially on
1: game days, like we heard about in Porto and stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's a. You, you could also make the you could also make the argument that if these players actually cared about whether or not yeah. the club is going to get relegated, they wouldn't do things to put themselves in a position to be taking off the pitch to hurt the on field performance. So. Um, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, Bentaleb absolutely wants to be on the pitch and he wants to help out. It's like that may be the case, but if he really wanted to be on the pitch, he would make sure he's meeting his professional obligations and standards to ensure that he doesn't have a reason to be dropped to the U23. So, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um it's it's hard for me to blame Hope Stevens for for taking that action.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, all right, so we're going to now Facebook, actually. Uh, we just got a, a message on Facebook, and uh, uh, Douglas Cummings says uh, they should look at daily syncroving for left back next season. Um, obviously, we would we need help in the depth department for sure, and um, adding a player of his caliber uh, to the squad uh, will help tremendously, especially when you know injuries do creep up during the season. I mean, any kind of depth that we can get at this point, I mean, just having a certain eleven is not good enough. We saw it this season. We lost 45 strikers this year uh to injury, so we can we need all the depth we can get and, and any kind of talent we can get as well um will help boost our team not only uh week in and week out but also trying to get to that level where we expect to be as Schalke fans, right?
1: Who who is the left back they mentioned?
0: Danny Sinkraven.
1: Okay I mean I mean the Hamza Mendel thing Certainly hasn't worked out nope. how we all had hoped nope. right no, so no, no. <laughs> uh, I mean I can't I can't argue that reinforcements are needed at those left and right back positions obviously the double injury to to Schupf and Calig jury hopefully wouldn't repeat itself um, so we were kind of in a weird situation there where we had both yeah. our first and second choice right backs gone. Um, McKenny was having to fill in. The McKenney got hurt on top of that, so we had our, our, our you know top three first choice RBs. But um, yeah, we definitely can't be in a situation like that again. I mean, imagine if if, if Ochipka had gone down and Calgary had gone down, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, we have to have competent players that can that can step in and, and and fill that gap for sure. So that that to me, I mean, that was something that we were talking, you and I were talking about in the off season was potentially the need to to reinforce those areas. We didn't think that, you know, Sasha Reiter was enough for that, and I think we've seen that because he doesn't—he wasn't even, you know, getting the starting nod.
0: The legend that McKinney. he is is not enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. You were having, you know, McKenney who plays various midfield positions sliding back there ahead of the guy that's supposed to be, you know, ostensibly a right back. So um, there's a lot of things to address in the transfer market. Uh, many, many things. There's a, probably a squad overhaul that's, that's going to be happening, I would imagine, but yeah. that's certainly one of them.
0: No, no, it certainly is. Um, and so, going on to the next one, uh, this comes from uh, at avaky. I'm not even uh, to try to pronounce how to pronounce to say it. Is uh, Avin is what his uh, handle is, and he says, "What are your thoughts on Jochen Snyder's comments post game? Uh, he thinks it's the voice of reason since Stuttgart uh, um, still have some life in them, uh, especially since they got a freaking win this the Saturday, and when we thought we had a nine point gap, it went back down to six. Um, but a lot of people are finding the comments a little controversial since it was a derby win." Um, so I'll read the comments to you. Uh, Andreas Ernst uh, tweeted it out the other day. So Schneider clearly says after the game, um, uh, with all the joy uh, that the derby brings, the win. Uh, Schalke are still 30 points after 31 games. That's a disaster. He's right. I mean, he is right, 100%. But wait a day, wait a day, dude. Just give us, give us one day to celebrate this. Uh, the the win against our, our bitter rivals and then make, make those comments because I he's hundred percent right thirty points from thirty one games is not Chalco quality so um
1: yeah what what are your thoughts on those I mean same as you he's 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 not wrong right I, I mean going into the game we were forty two points behind Dortmund forty two <laughs> we're thirty nine now whoa <laughs> not four not two forty two <sighs> points um <sighs> And I actually, I actually kind of agree with them because Saturday morning, when this game was going on, I was like pleasantly surprised by by the events that were unfolding before me, and I was all excited about it. But then you look at the other results, and you see Stuttgart, you know, pulling off that surprise win over Gladbach, not long removed from the six nil defeat that saw our, you know former Schalke manager Marcus Weinseel let go. You saw you saw Nuremberg drawing Bayern, and these are two very unexpected results. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it definitely. Took away from our celebration a little bit because, you know, had Stuttgart lost to Gladbach like I think a lot of people expected them to. That win against Dortmund would have been a lot bigger for us because it would have opened up a larger gap and it would have made it very difficult for Stuttgart to to kind of come back from that. I think they would have had to win their remaining all all of their remaining games and we would have had to lose them. Yeah. Essentially, um, but that's not the case now. Now there's now there's still there's more room for error than we thought there was initially going to be. So he, he's not wrong, and um, I mean, I understand maybe being a little bit upset about. If some fans are like, hey, let us have at least 24 hours to celebrate this. Um, But he's right. I mean, this one result does not overshadow the entire... Season as as cathartic as this result was, and believe me, it absolutely was. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, cathar like we need we needed this as a fan base big time, Um, and hopefully, you know, this this gives us the energy to go forward and and, you know finish off the rest of the season on a good note and pick up some more results. Maybe I'm being too optimistic given the performance of this team recently, but, um, know, he's he's the man who's now tasked with rebuilding this team, and returning us to the level that we should be at. And so I think if there's anybody who should be aware of the situation we're in. it's probably him. And I can't blame him for, for taking that view. He's like, cool. We won one game. I understand that it's a big rivalry game, but, uh, this one game, I mean, it's not good enough. We need to win a lot more than just, you know, the, the derbies that we're involved in. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not particularly upset about his comments.
0: Yeah. Uh, tonight, instead of drinking to our misery, we're drinking to celebrations. So it's a, a different reason to drink tonight. Uh, we just got a, another message on, on Twitch from a uh, decoder station 56. And he says, Derby Ziga. 100% yes uh, absolutely uh, we're, we're excited about that win
1: and uh, we're looking at these twitch t- these twitch names are very creative
0: I, I more creative than mine than I could ever do so I know that I might be like richard.com or something I don't know uh, so another tweet that we got uh, was from a friend of the show Ethan uh, he says should we make a trophy for the win against Dortmund uh, why not I mean it, it, it's probably a little silly and petty but hey whatever I don't care um, we see how it is in like MLs and other and other leagues and there are different things where they do these uh, little trophies for the for the rivalry games but
1: we should make a little trophy for
0: ourselves here just for this one game
1: <laughs> yeah shout out Ethan at Tedesco time everyone go give him a follow if you enjoy. Uh, memes and sort of like the uh, the shit posting aspect of
0: football <laughs> Twitter.
1: If you don't, then definitely don't follow him because that's that's most of what you're gonna get with him. But yeah, friend of the show, Ethan. What's up, man? Um, I I believe it was Scuggs maybe who responded to that. Yeah, and yeah. said that you don't want, you, you don't want to be like Liverpool and and, and Everton. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know if we should make a trophy for for beating Dortmund. I don't know if that's necessary. Uh, but uh, I mean, it, it definitely feels like we won a trophy regardless. I mean that, that I mean that game is kind of like a cup final every time it's played. So um whether or not there's a physical uh you know embodiment of that or not is not particularly important to me, but um it's definitely worthy of that if somebody wanted to make it. Yeah. Maybe we should make it and we can just <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in one of our houses, and then if we lose the game, we'll send it to like Critty Smith or something.
0: Oh, crazy. For him to hold uh, on yeah. to. Yeah, it'll,
1: it'll be like the podcast trophy that we can hand back and forth. <laughs>
0: we can, we, that's, that's an idea right there. That's an idea for uh, yeah. next season. Um, okay, for another tweet coming from Patrick Dost. Uh, he says, uh, Ein Leben lang? Blau und weiß. Ein Leben lang. 100%. 100%. Uh, another question just came up on the spot just now, uh, on Twitch. that says, uh, what do you guys think about the implementation of a leadership council for the club to work more efficiently with the new manager? Maybe we grab five or six from the starting 11 to do this and take something from a great NBA franchise. If so, which players need a spot on the council?
1: I haven't really considered that before. I mean, I think that's what the job of a captain is. I don't know if there needs to be like half the squad involved in it. Um, and given that we've had reports of the squad splintering to some extent, maybe that would just pit parts of the squad against each other further. Yeah, um, it's
0: possible, yeah. You'd have better the it, veterans, it, right? I mean, because, like, Farman, Stambouli.
1: For sure, yeah. If Farman sticks around after this Newble, Newble news, yeah. if news. If Nubel sticks around, because apparently he's high in demand now. Yeah. Um, that nonsense about him being better served training under Manuel Noir than getting match minutes at Chalco is pretty absurd, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm worried about. I mean, Schneider has already come out and said that you know he wants to put more people in very like specialized specific roles, and which I think is probably a good thing for us. But I'm concerned that if we if we go a little bit too crazy with that, it could be a too many cooks situation. Um, you don't need that many people involved in specific things. I think it could you know we need we need smart people in the right positions and beyond. I don't think we need half the squad and a leadership council to make sure the team's playing right. And it's kind of sad that we're even suggesting that. I mean, like these are professional footballers. They should, you know, be doing the right things on and off the field, and I don't, I don't think we should need like you know a leadership council of six people to make sure that's happening. That that speaks to deeper issues at the club. If that's the case, I
0: think if this was at a time when Schalke was doing really well in the past, this would never be brought up because the guys would already be yeah. doing the things that are right to do. And you know, back in the Raul days and Huntelaar, even go before that, Karani, and even go, keep going back and back um, when the team was playing really well and contending for the Bundesliga title year and year out. I'm sure the team was doing the right things, right? And they had guys like Bordeaux in there uh, who would, like, kick someone's ass if he they got out of line. So a um, you know, little bit of that is missing, I think, with these teams now. But, uh, um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting idea. I never thought of that uh, to try to, you know, mimic an NBA franchise and stuff like that. But um, uh, hopefully uh, we can get things turned around so where you don't have to implement something like this. But uh, you never know. Well, but that's also
1: potentially what happens when you get rid of senior leadership like Hovindes and Naldo. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that wasn't the best call by, by Tedesco or the hierarchy there when you have veteran leadership. Um, I mean that, that, I mean, talent is extremely important and, and arguably the most important thing. but I, I do think that that, that leadership and, and, and experience and, and that kind of stuff does play a role significantly. And you, and you saw a lot of the younger Shalka players come out when, when Naldo left specifically. And we're like thanking him for everything that he's done for them and for their careers and everything. You could see how important of a figure that was. Rightfully so. so. Um, Yeah.
0: All right, next uh, tweet comes from Drew Gentry, and he says, uh, okay, so topic for the next pod. uh, Richard Carmen has to disclose the terms of his deal with the devil that made this happen today. Um, Again, you're going to have to speak with my lawyer on that. Uh, I can't get too much into details because it's an ongoing case. Uh, But yeah, no, I. I could not be more happier about what the heck the, this team pulled out. Um, we'll get to the chaos that surrounded everything, but I mean the guy—the fact that the guys showed up and responded a couple times right after Dortmund scored says a lot about the guys. And the question is, um, where has this team been all season, right? I get it, it's a big, a big derby. Uh, we kind of talked about it last week, how we said, you know, you know, you get you know, throw a form out the window—it's a derby, but still. Dorman have been playing so well this season. We've been playing so poor. There's no way that anybody would have saw this coming. Even the most optimistic fan, they would have thrown out a score that we would have won. But come on. I mean, 4-2, scoring four goals again, and, and, and um, signal like doing a park? I didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah, you can't blame people for suggesting that there might have been some uh, pact with the devil behind all of the events that took place. But uh, obviously, if that was the case, we're not going to divulge that information. That's right. I, I, we, you and I. I mean, we talked on the podcast previously: the Hoffenheim game and the Dortmund game. We didn't expect to pick up any points from those, and we certainly didn't from the Hoffenheim game. That was a, that was a three goal margin. I believe. No,
0: we did. So we played better, um, didn't we? And, uh, it kind of worked for. I, I mean, we <laughs> kind of we gave it yeah, five
1: goals. We, I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's like yeah, maybe we played better against Hoffenheim, but we also conceded five goals. So like, yeah. it's kind of silly to make that. Yeah. Claim. I, I, I'm I self-conscious about saying that. The, the Hoffenheim be, performance was was improved despite the fact that we conceded five. I don't know. Yeah. But.
0: Uh, moving on. Uh, at SO4ANCAP uh, says Schalke has o four 4 goals at Dortmund two years in a row. haha I see what you did there. It's true. That uh, is true. Maybe, uh, Dortmund is, should, maybe we should play all our games at Dortmund now because uh, we seem to score full goals a game now there. Uh, but yeah, great. I mean, no one again, no one would have saw that coming. Uh, but I, it's very clever. I, I get what he did there. It's finally for a change. We're we're using our o four in in a positive way towards us as opposed to a negative way, uh, with a o o and seven thing or whatever against Man City or whatever it was uh, a couple months ago. So, uh.
1: I mean, to truly to truly be o four, we have to have the uh, the scoreline be four 0 uh, on the road at Dortmund. Maybe, ne- maybe I, I next I pre- year. Yeah, I I appreciate the sentiment. It's definitely nice. Uh, randomly getting some offense against your biggest rivals.
0: Uh, next tweet comes from Holger Mesner. Uh, he says, uh, how come Shaka can only run in the Derby? rest of the season, Shaka players don't care at all. All of a sudden, the Derby comes around, and they, they run their asses off and play with the passion we expect. Um, that's the that's Derby, man. I mean, it's crazy. They, they kept talking about it in the telecast, Derek Ray did, how you throw everything out the window in a Derby, and, and anything can happen. And obviously it has over the last two seasons – uh, for sure, in the short term and also in the long term. But, um, yeah, it's it's funny thing that uh, a derby can uh, get guys amped up much more than they were no matter what kind of form you're in, and uh, this is a perfect case this weekend.
1: Once again, self-conscious about saying this, but, I, I mean, I, I question whether or not the uh, the listener there watched the Hoffenheim game last week because I thought the work rate in that game specifically was significantly better. um. I don't disagree that the performance against Dortmund was better than a lot of the performances recently. It certainly was, and the effort was certainly better. But I think I think it was there in the Hoffenheim match as well, and uh, arguably in the Leipzig game to some extent. Um, yeah, it's... It, it, you should always be more hyped up for, for a derby than you are for a regular match. That's just kind of human nature. Uh, you would just hope that the normal level, level of hype for a typical Bundesliga match is significantly higher than where it's been for Schalke this season. Right. Like, you would hope that, you know... The level of hype for a Bundesliga match is one hundred percent, and then for Dortmund it's one hundred and twenty-five percent or something like that, as opposed to, you know, whatever you want to call it, like fifty percent and you know whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, you you love the passion and everything that that we saw on, on Saturday, but that's that's to be expected. And I and I think if we saw a Schalke squad that came out with anything less than that, that would have been. The biggest red flag of all, and that that would have—I mean—the fans would have completely turned on them. I mean, if there's any game that you have to show, even if you lose, yeah. if there's any game you have to show up, it, it's this one, and and they did. So respect to them for for doing that.
0: Uh, question from R at underscore Carmen: um, Is this our is this our best game of the season so far? It's got to be right. I mean, four-two against Dortmund, who's well at top of the league. We we didn't play that great offensively, well, in the sense of possession. I mean,
1: like most important result, maybe best. Per, I mean, eighteen percent possession at halftime. <laughs>
0: two
1: shots, two goals. Uh, two shots, two goals. Uh, uh, that- efficient, definitely efficient. Can't can't argue that. But I I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that. We had some help from various decisions that were made by the referee, and we'll talk about those. But yeah.
0: All right. Uh, two more to go. Uh, we'll go we'll run through this really quick. Uh, first some Shaka de Depresso, it's uh, our Brazilian friends, they say, why Cattuccio don't play? Hey, free Cattuccio. That's all we've been saying for weeks. You've been saying You're the father.
1: Hashtag, yeah. Ha- ha- hashtag free Cattucho, Join the movement. Please tweet that directly at the Shaka handle. At least we saw Cattuccio on the bench this week, which was an improvement. Yeah. Because he wasn't even in, in the Match Day squad. Uh, last week against Hoffenheim but he, he was amongst the subs we, we unfortunately didn't see him but as I tweeted out on Saturday I will accept a Robbie Matondo cameo in place of katuchu and um, I also thought you know once again I thought Bergstahler despite being uh, a little bit reckless and probably should have been sent off for double yellow because um, he was flirting with a second yellow card for a while there um, the performance that you saw from from Bergstaller which was significantly better against Hoffenheim by the way and I said that last week. Yeah. I was impressed with him last week against Hoffenheim. The performance you saw against Dortmund was I think you watching him play you understand why Schalke fans love him because he embodies everything the club is about. The work ethic, you know, you talk about the, the you know, Kumpu in my local club like all that kind of all that kind of stuff like he, that, that minor ethos Bergstaller is that embodied. And I mean he worked his ass off and he was passionate and he 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 tried really hard. I mean he's 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 not the best player, we know that. But um that was a I think, you know, kind of like a vintage performance for him in some ways. No,
0: it it certainly was. Um and and you know we could not be more proud of the guys what they did and uh uh great win great result i mean the, the fact again like when when dormant scored we we punched him right back in the mouth uh i think that was it that was the important part to see for me that you know we got see what happens when we get punched in the mouth well would, how would we react and we acted very well i thought um yeah and the last comment comes from our friend uh the, the shaka outlaw dave lee he says all he said was this with capital letters um obviously he was excited about the game and uh um, someone just tweeted us uh, Free Haji Wright Hashtag Free Haji Wright We, we see you man Absolutely 100% um, <laughs> Well yeah no Dave Lee's excited I mean, We were all excited I mean this, during the game You're watching the tweets And the people are like What is going on Is this, this is this for real Are we dreaming Like what's going on So uh, obviously everyone's excited About everything going on So um, let's just get into The freaking game man uh, Let's do it We're kings of the roar again Hoop Stevens is king of the roar uh, derby Zeger, whatever you want to say, um, you know the the referee in this match, Felix Fire. Uh, he's gonna come up big in this matchup. Uh, we'll get to him later, but uh, I just wanted to throw his name out there. And uh, for Hoop Stevens, this is his 19th derby. Uh, he's been around for he's been around the block. Obviously, he's his third stint with Shaka. so um, it's 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 the reason why he's played this many derbies. So um, I thought in the game. Uh, well, before we get to the game, uh, let's get into lineups real quick, just so I mean we know who played, but uh, for. For the home team, uh, we'll say Berkey was in net. Um, Wolf, Vigo, Akanji, and Diallo were in the back. and uh, the two holding roles, you had Witzel and Delaney, and then you had Sancho, Royce, and Guerrero, all led by Gotza in the uh, false nine, uh, made famous by Di um, <laughs> And then for Schalke, uh, um, Nubel, obviously, he's going to be in net. He's been a stapler for us re- uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then defense, we had uh, Stambuli, Nastasic, and Salif Sané. Um, in the midfield, we had McKinney, we had Mascarell, Ochipka, Serdar, and then up top leading everybody else, uh, Bergstaller and Mbolo. So uh, anything surprising from the lineup um, from either end uh, that that we did, caught your eye? Or, or this is pretty standard. I mean, I think it's pretty standard.
1: I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the exact same lineup we had against Hoffenheim last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's basically that, that 3-1-4-2 where Caldera and try to push up a little bit more. Mascarell in that deep six. And then that midfield partnership of of McKinney and Serdar with with Bergstaller and Bolo up top, um, yeah, not not surprising there. Um, maybe you'd like to see Harit. Maybe you'd like to see Bentaleb. Maybe you'd like to see Katuchu. Obviously, the Bentaleb can't, thing can't happen given the the disciplinary issues off the field, um, and obviously, Hoop Stevens hates Katuchu as we've established. But beyond that, I mean, it probably is the con- the, the lineup that you'd like to see. Um, yeah for the most part. So, yeah, n- nothing too surprising there for me.
0: Yeah, uh, I I probably felt the same way as you did about certain guys that I would want to see in a game like this. Um, however, it, it turns out that this was the right lineup to go with. Um, uh, the game, though, started off, I think, pretty strong for Dortmund. And possession-wise, obviously, we talked about the statistics by halftime and at the end of the game. But um, it seemed like, obviously, Schalke were content sitting back and trying to counter um, we knew that was going to be the, the whole game plan. They were going to have possession. We were going to try to sit back and counter. But, I mean, the amount of possession that Dortmund was having in the beginning, it was it was, it was mind-boggling. I think by half-time, halftime, like you said, was 18% for us. Um, it's fine giving them the ball, but, man, that is way too much possession, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's one thing if that's your game plan. But those percentages, you'd like to see that be more like 60-40, if that's your game plan, or yeah. maybe 70-30. Um, the fact that we went into halftime with 18% possession is, is, is mm-hmm. not good enough. Um, it, it was very different from the start to the Hoffenheim game, where I think you and I both agree that Schalke came out uh, on the front foot looking very much like the team that wanted to dictate the pace of play um, and kind of set set the tone and set the rhythm for the game. Uh, Dortmund started this one off right off the bat uh, in control. They didn't do a whole lot with it. No. Um, but at the same time, it ended up only taking not, not that long for them to get their first, which we'll get to in a second, but... Um, yeah, it was it was uh, on the road, uh, you know. So Dortmund has the atmosphere to begin with, and then they had the momentum early too because they were they were dominating possession right off the bat.
0: Yeah, and you were talking about um, setting the tone and stuff, and I think the referee was doing that early. I mean, the, obviously this is a derby, so they're gonna be hard fouls, right? And it started the foul started early, uh, but it was very inconsistent calls. I thought. I mean, Vigel picked up a yellow early, but Berkseller did not. Um, both probably warranted a yellow in, in that situation. Um, but, again, you know, Schalke were trying to find some way to get into the game and uh, maybe fouls were the way to do it. Uh, Schalke tried to press at times to try to, to throw Dortmund off, and, and, and it worked somewhat a little bit, but they didn't do much of it. Um, and then at the 14th minute, that's when the scoring started, really. And uh, poor clearance from Stambouli uh, went right to Vitzel, who uh, ends up chessing it to Jaden Sancho, who, ha- who had a monster of a game. I mean, no doubt about it. He was there by far the best player. Uh, the he- kid's good he's 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 very good I, I didn't uh, know this was a telecast, telecast they said apparently he's a street baller uh, which makes sense because you, you just can't take the ball away from this kid anyway he does a cheeky little loft over the the defense perfect pass to Gotza, he heads it in the goal uh, just like that 1-0 Dortmund uh, that's sounding alarms for me uh, that can't be a good sign I mean, obviously it wasn't a good sign to go down that early uh, on the road especially to a place like Dortmund
1: it's a it's a phenomenal run and a good finish by by gerza and it's it's a it's an even better chip from Jaden Sancho who now has had uh, I believe one goal and one assist in, in his two derbies against Schalke so you know props to him he's not only just a talented player in general but he's apparently a big 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 game player as well because he's showing up for Dortmund when they need him in, in big rivalry games and everything um, that being said I am gonna, and and this player had a good game for us so. You know, take this with a grain of salt, but he had a good game for us last week against Hoffenheim as well, and he was also potentially responsible for a goal. Uh, yeah. I talked about this last week. This is Daniel Calagiri, okay? So this run, Goetze, the, the only center back who could really potentially be marking this guy is, is you know, Salif Sine who has his back to Goetze. Goetze is making this run in behind Salif Sene. Callaghery is kind of there with him and that that's in my opinion that's the man he needs to be marking because that's the guy that's going to be doing things that no one else can kind of see in their position like he he Caligiuri basically watches Goetze take off and start making this run and immediately is raising his hand to the official like oh he's offside rather than just running with him and trying to stop him from doing this and we've seen this from Callaghery far too many times recently in my opinion that You know, there's stuff happening off kind of the back shoulder of the play near the box. Caligari is the only man who's capable of really making an impact on it, and he just doesn't follow the runner or doesn't make an effort. Um, And I don't know if that's because he sees himself more as like an attacking player than a defensive player or whatever, but like he has defensive responsibilities. And if you're in that situation and you know that none of your other teammates are capable of picking that up, you just got to follow him. And take him on. So I was disappointed to see that. It, it's the same kind of goal we've conceded. I mean, once again, it's a brilliant chip, and it's a really good run. I don't want to take it away from Dortmund, but um, no effort from Calajari to follow that through. Second week in a row, he's made a play like that. And we've seen that goal happen a bunch, where people just don't track their runners. They're ball-watching, and they're not making the effort, and it's it's disappointing to see. And to go down on the road in a game of this magnitude, you know, less than 15 minutes in, was, was definitely not not the start we would have wanted.
0: No, and exactly like you said, I mean, it's exactly the same thing happened in the Huffenheim match where he's just watching the guy go run right by, by him, does nothing about it. And you're like, dude, come on, do something. I mean, anything, but except for watch him, let him go and score. So uh, that happened. Um, and at this point in the match, its possession is, you know, where was it was at halftime, 80% for Dortmund, 20% for Schalke. Um, and so I wonder, you know, this is, this is one of the goals I've mentioned. i mentioned. Like, I wonder what how Schalke were going to react going, getting punched in the mouth on the road. Uh, we'll right off the kickoff. McKinney ended up getting the ball. Worked at the Uh His cross to Mbolo. Uh, he takes a shot. It gets saved by Berkey. I thought nothing of it. I don't know about you, but I thought nothing of it. Um, a minute goes by in the play, and then the referee. Hey, referee's back. Uh, he stops the play. Uh, VARs in his ear, and then it turns out it's a penalty for Shakos. A handball by Weigel. What'd you make of that
1: whole crazy play? Real quick, I do want to shout out McKenny. I thought he had a little bit of a quiet game overall, but early on, the first twenty minutes or so, yeah. I thought he had a number of pretty good through balls that were some of our brighter offensive moments. Um, he was the he was the only guy in the field that really seemed to be able to pick out a pass early on that would you know spring us into the final third. So I thought he did a good job early on. Uh, the handball situation. I mean, you know how I feel about these. We we, yeah. we talk about these a lot. Um, I. Feel badly for the team that concedes the penalty, in any situation where I feel like the handball was not intentional, um, because it's just you know it, it sucks. It's a it's a tough play. Like they're not trying to intentionally hand it down, and you know, and I feel like that was kind of the case with this one. But at the same time, like whether or not Impola is going to be able to to score from that position because he's you know he's he, his, the goal is you know. 90 degrees to his left right he's, he's kind of facing the sideline and he's trying to flick this thing across his body probably not gonna challenge the goalkeeper but you know if it's one of those things where it's on target and the Dortmund player has his hand out and it hits it it's a penalty
0: yeah
1: yeah I'm, it is I mean I, I feel bad about it but it's it's a handball it really is so I, I think it was probably the correct decision there Um I would have been upset about it a little bit if it, it had gone against us just because, once again, I don't think it was intentional. But it, it's kind of hard to not make that call. So probably the right decision.
0: Yeah, uh, it, absolutely. It was, a, it was a tough call to make, and I'd hate to be the referee to make the call. Uh, that, that VAR was there to do it, and whether you like it or whether you agree with it or not, it, it, the call stood. Uh, you still got to score the goals right there on the penalty kicks, right? And Caligiri, uh steps up, scores the goal, um, emphatically, really, you know, went to the other side where Berkey went. So, um, one-one, just like that. Uh,
1: Can you think of a tougher place to try to score a penalty than in front of the yellow wall in a Rivier Derby? No,
0: I can't. I can't. Unless it's I mean, like a so, country like Turkey or
1: or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's a daunting task right there. I mean, prop, props to Calendar. I mean, penalties are a high-pressure situation to begin with, but you know, watching that him approach that penalty to take that, I was like. I mean, putting myself in that situation, obviously, I'm terrible at soccer to begin with. This is stupid. I hate when people are like, <laughs> I could have made that play. But, you know, putting myself in that situation, I'm like, there is a 130% chance I would screw this up and, like, kick it over the bar with, like, how you said that that massive wall of Dortmund fans in front of you. Because the Signal Duna Park is a great park, let's be honest. I mean, even though it's our rival, it's a great it's a great atmosphere that they have in there. So, um, ice water for blood from Calgary there. Nice finish. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, Weston McKinney, work rate, says he definitely could have scored that goal. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, after that goal that Schalke scored, you know, the play went back the way it was before, do- dominating possession by, by Dortmund, uh, and Schalke just sitting back on their on their hinds waiting for the counter. And then probably around the 25th minute mark or so, Shaka started uh, pressing a little bit more, uh, started getting a little more possession of the ball. Wow, they weren't doing much with possession. They were getting more of the ball. You know, at least when they have the ball, Dortmund doesn't have the ball, right? So um, that was going well for them. And then uh, with that pressing, uh, they, they forced Diallo to make a mistake and ended up going to be a corner kick for Schalke, which is very important because on the ensuing corner kick, Kalagiri uh, takes a kick. His pass uh, goes right in the middle. Salif Sané jumps over four guys, I believe it was. I believe it was Witzel, Weigl, Akanji, and maybe Delaney in there. Uh, but Salif Sané mountains over everyone like Naldo and freaking scores the goal. Um, great header by him. That's the ninth goal Dortmund scored, uh, given up on a, off a set piece. That is actually our eighth goal off a set piece this season as well. But what a goal, what a time to get it, just ten minutes after the last goal. Uh, 2-1, no one saw that coming, right?
1: I mean, definitely not. This should have been a strong indication to Dortmund and their supporters that today might not be their day because we've been significantly worse from set pieces this season than we have last season, which was really our bread and butter all last season. And Salif Sane in, in, in particular um, has not been what Naldo was, and has not really been the threat that we had kind of hoped he would be. Right. From set pieces, I think he has. I think that was his third one on the year, and I think the other two came in the same match, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that, but he really hasn't been somebody that we that he, with Naldo, even though he only scored like six goals last season, with with which is good, which is great for a central offense, I'm not trying sure to say that's that's not a lot, but I mean, um. Every time there was a corner kick or a free kick, you felt you, like there was yeah. a chance that that Naldo was going to make something happen. Like as a fan, you're watching it and you're like, "Come on!" Like, I never feel that way about Salif Sane. Like, I, I just don't. I, I don't expect him to do the only anything. The person
0: that comes close is, is McKennie because he he has the up yeah. to get it, but he doesn't For, always yeah.
1: hit on target. But. Definitely, definitely, yeah. He makes contact a lot. He just doesn't always get it on frame. But yeah. I definitely don't feel that way with Sane. So the fact that he got up and it's a great header. I mean, it's, you know, he, he gets up, you know, left, bottom left corner to the ground. Really tough position for Berkey to save it. I don't really fault Berkey for it at all. No. Um, it's a great goal. And, uh, you know, I mean, good for him. It's a good time for him to, to to show what he can do on set pieces. I mean, better time than any really in the derby. So, uh, yeah, somehow, despite the, the dominance and possession that Dortmund have, they, they go into halftime and they're down 2-1 and they're probably asking themselves how they got into that situation.
0: Yeah, Schalke had two shots in the first half, two goals. Can't ask for much more better accuracy than that. Um, Dortmund did have a chance to uh, tie it just before the half. Uh, Sancho trying to do it all by himself. Uh, he danced around McKinney and Caligiri. Uh He tried to feed it to Delaney, but Delaney shot it in like the top row or something like that. Um, it, it is what it is. I did notice that uh, the derby was starting to get tense. Uh, Sertor was starting to influence himself in the match. It started off with him doing picking up some hard fouls. He got a yellow... On I believe Guerrero or somebody he took him out uh, just before halftime, but the game was starting to te- uh, intensify, which you would expect in a derby. And also, being the scoreline is two to one, but uh, halftime we would go up to one. I thought Salisani had a, a strong half. I mean, he obviously scored the goal. Defensively, he was he was strong. I mean, he outmuscled Delaney at some point in this game and a couple other guys. He just shoved them out of the way, uh, using his size to his advantage. So um, he had a strong at least first half, if not the whole game.
1: Yeah, I, I can't really cr- fault him too much for the for the Gertzicle. Like I said, I think I, I fault Cal or Jury a little bit more than staying yeah. in that situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, despite the fact that we had no possession, I don't think that Dortmund did a whole lot with that possession. I, I no. mean, I think I think it was probably correct that that was mostly our game plan was try to like you know park the bus and, and hit on the counter. But um, you know, sometimes you see teams doing that and they're just barely holding on. Didn't get the sense that that was the case for Schalke. Now, whether or not that was Dortmund's fault for just having an off day or if that was to Schalke's credit for shutting things down, I don't know. But it was a fairly solid defensive performance in the first half, despite you know the one goal conceding and the fact that that was pretty much all we were trying to do. I thought that we did a good job limiting the chances they were. Dortmund did not look dangerous to me. And there's a lot of times when I'm watching matches, even when we, I mean, even when we win potentially or like in the game, every time Dortmund has the ball, they look like they could score and i'm watching the game like oh you know here we go again like it's it's just you know 90 minutes of just like edgy seat stuff dortmund were not that convincing today
0: no i mean sancho was obviously very dangerous in the game but that's about it and, and he just dancing around he wasn't really getting shots off that were that were scaring you so um they they didn't have Pulisic
1: on the pitch so what do you expect
0: that's right so we had we had an american start they did not and that was, that was that was a signal to doom for them in the, the whole game so um I was curious how both teams would come out in the second half. I mean, we thought the first half had fireworks. second half really you know, stepped up and really became a derby. Um, it started early with the controversy in the 47th minute Diallo. He ended up crossing from the left corner. Uh, he ends up hitting Sané in the hand. Uh, was that a penalty for you? I'm going to say straight up no. I mean, obviously it wasn't called. Um, but his his hand was to the side. But good, good no call by for me on Sonny. But everyone in the mother was screaming, obviously trying to get redemption for the call earlier in the game.
1: I'm gonna be honest with you. I actually don't even really remember that play. So I I, I would I'm gonna lean to say that it wasn't a penalty because I feel like if I was thought that it might have been or should have been, I probably would have remembered that happening. Trust me, young buddy. One <laughs> did it. Did it go to VAR? No, no. It, yeah, then – okay, did. yeah. I don't even remember that, so it I was, doubt that that his, was – His arm was, like, literally on his
0: legs and then hit him in there. So uh, a good no okay, call. yeah. So I don't know what Dorman I mean, – Dorman's trying to get a call back, you know, obviously. So – Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, the game would drastically change very quickly. Uh, around the 57th minute, Burke Seller, he ends up fouling really hard Witzel um, – to be honest, that should have been his second yellow in the game at that point, that, you know, or at least a first one, and he got nothing on that call. More of the inconsistency by the referee. Um, you agree, right? Do you agree, right? That should have been at least a yellow if that's a yellow.
1: I do. Yeah, I do. I-, I saw a lot of Dortmund fans complaining about the referee decisions that went against Dortmund in this one, um, which we'll, and we'll get to a couple more in a second. And I, I think that they don't really have much of an argument for that. No. no. But when it comes to the lack of cards for Bergstaller, I do agree with that. I think at that point Bergstaller probably could have been sent off by then, and I don't know how he was avoiding getting those. But I don't know how um, he stayed on the pitch? Yeah, he was he was living dangerously for a while, and I actually tweeted out at some point. I'm like, all right, bring Kattucho on, like like Bergstaller. There's a hundred percent chance Bergstaller is going to get sent off if we don't take him off because he's 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 out of control a little bit. And I, like I appreciate the passion and I appreciate how hard he was playing but like you have to like take 5% of that off to make sure you're within yeah kind of where you need to be and he was he was playing a little bit outside of that. So uh definitely lucky to avoid a card situation for Birch Dollar.
0: Yeah, but then a red card would come up uh and just minutes later uh, two minutes later uh, Marco Royce he would pick up a red and uh, it was a straight red obviously. Uh, he tackled serda from behind, uh, got him on the ankle. Is that a rip for you, man? I, I mean, as much as I don't like Dortmund, I think that was harsh. Oh,
1: li- may- maybe that one was a little harsh, but he comes in from behind. Yeah, he's nowhere near winning the ball. Yeah, it's a stubs up challenge, hits him on the ankle. Could have, could have injured him. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, what, what other criteria is there for a red card? Uh, flicked them off? No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, no, like, it, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it was intentional. Yeah, I don't. So that yeah, maybe I think, that's
0: what it is. I, I don't think it was. Intentional. I think the
1: next one. I think the next one was intentional. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Mar- Yeah, I don't think Marco Royce. I don't think that was intentional. I think that was a good faith effort from him, and so maybe from that aspect, you like that's harsh. Right. If a Schalke player had made that tackle. Yeah. yeah. I- I'm not gonna be that. I'm not going to feel hard done by if they get sent off. It's a bad tackle. It's a dangerous tackle. Yeah. It is.
0: I mean, it, it, it could have injured his uh, injured his career there for, for him yeah. to hit him just in the right spot in Achilles. I mean, Achilles is a tough place to get hit anyway. Um, that red card would happen in the 60th minute. That would lead to a Caligiri free kick. And, man, this was uh, one of the goals of the season for me, for Caligiri at least, a big game player. Caligiri scores a sensational free kick. Uh, makes it three one. That is his fourth Derby goal in five appearances. Uh, legend in the Derby coming up here. I don't know.
1: I mean, that's why I said earlier I hate I hate calling him out. Um, I did the same thing last week because he, you know he's an important player for us. He really is. I mean, he, he's he's very very good when he's on his game, and he definitely shows up in these Derbys, and it's it's a really good free kick. I mean, props to him. Like Twenty-five is.
0: meters away, or something. This it is a far kick. It wasn't like it yeah. was like right there on top of the crease. Yeah.
1: Pr- pretty close to the upper left corner there. It's it's a really nice curling effort from him. Um, and once again, you know, the set pieces have not been there for us this season. But when we needed it the most, in, in a big rivalry game, they they came through. So, props to uh, everyone involved, and props to Cal for what was a for the most part just a phenomenal game.
0: And things would just continue to spice up. I mean, just three minutes later after that, Wolf, like we just talked about, he was also given a straight red. I've never seen a double red in a game, especially a game that mattered so much to both teams. Uh, This was absolutely a dirty foul by him. Uh, It was a similar tackle to... Uh, Marco Royce, meaning from come from behind, but this is completely intentional, completely out to injure, in my opinion, and it was a deserved red. I mean, I think he should get a couple game ban for this, not just a, not just a one game. But uh, are you in agreement that this was a dirty foul and should have been a red? No, no ifs and
1: if ands or buts about it. Yeah, hundred percent. And he actually did get a suspension. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Perfect. Um, that makes so Marco happy. Marco Royce will be back for the final game against Gladbach. I want to say Wolf is out for the rest of the year. Um, once again, no ill no ill will towards Marco Royce. I don't think his foul was intentional. Yeah. The Wolf one to me reeked of frustration, yeah, um, and just kind of losing their cool. You know, the, Dortmund go into this game fairly confident. You know, this is an important game for them. They're they're trying. I mean, if they had won this, they could have leapfrogged Bayern in the table. Given the result that ended up happening, um, and they come in 42 points ahead of us in, in in the you know in the in the table, and obviously with if the title wasn't enough motivation, the fact that it's us is, is more motivation for them. And suddenly they find themselves down a man and two goals down. And I think they're just kind of like, what is going on? And, and you know, wolf for whatever reason, lost his head a little bit. And, uh, you know, went in and made it an arguably dirtier foul than what the Royce one was. And it was, it was a little bit higher up on Serdar's ankle. Um, I think Serdar is lucky that his foot kind of slid out from under him yeah, when the yeah. contact was made. Because if it had stayed planted, once again, both of those tackles were tackles that could have broken someone's ankle or something. So, um, yeah, dangerous, reckless tackle, straight red, no complaints with it. I I don't think I think Dortmund fans that are arguing against it aren't aren't really being honest with themselves, um, and obviously you know we're biased. So maybe maybe I'm not really thinking this through clearly, but I, I I like to think that we try to be pretty objective on this podcast as much as possible. Um, and these they're they're both bad fouls. They are they're bad fouls. They don't win the ball. They come in kind of from behind. You know it studs up on somebody's leg on somebody's ankle. There's not much to it, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, and just like that, Dortmund's down two goals and two men. And who would have seen that coming? You know, prior to this one, I think I think by this minute mark, we would have all expected Schalke to be trailing by you know at least a goal, maybe two. Yeah. You know, given the form that we were in, but there you go. It's the derby; anything can happen, man.
0: Two men up, and uh, it was crazy. And the game kind of played out for the next few minutes, several minutes, really, as if they were up two men because it was just you know basically. Hold on to possession and not give it to Dortmund as much as they can. It was very just, you know, let's just play this game out. Uh, they got a little too laxic days ago, I thought. It uh, kind of fell asleep to this nine-man Dortmund team and got very sloppy in the back end. Kanji ended up doing a, a nice cross uh, across the opposite side of the field. To Brun Larsen. he heads it back the opposite way. Backdoors, Witzel for an easy tap in uh, 85th minute. All of a sudden, it's 3-2. Uh, I'm getting worried at this point. I don't know about you, but I was worried. That this is gonna Shaka gonna blow this somehow a two man advantage and uh, that goal was pathetic defensively.
1: There's that Jakob Brun Larson banana bread shout out Credit Smith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> half of our audience isn't gonna get that. Um this is a really stupid long. Hard, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, wouldn't you know? it? Up two goals, up two men, and will start bringing on defenders to park the bus, and we still concede. I mean, it was it was pretty typical. Not not good defending on that play. Um, that that initial ball in back post. There's no one paying attention to, to his presence there, marking him, and then it gets played back. Then everyone kind of turns their shoulders, and then and then that that move allows the space to open up for Vitzel. Um, yeah, really really bad defending, and uh, yeah, I mean despite the advantage, the two man advantage. I think I think every Schalke fan is lying if they said that they weren't nervous at that point because when we talked about it going into the game like you know is is uh you know the Bundesliga is this wild unpredictable beast right um you know is 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 Schalke going to Schalke or is the Bundesliga going to Bundesliga like like is the Bundesliga going to be unpredictable or is Schalke going to you know do what they do and kind of find a way to to mess things up and at that point I think everybody was was Leaning towards Schalke probably ends up messing it up, but um, luckily that's not the way it ended. But yeah, very very nervy moments after that one for sure.
0: Yeah, I think uh, only person who wasn't uh, nervous uh, was Mister Mbolo. Uh, just literally a second, a couple seconds after that goal, uh, Swat Serder. Um, he ends up he gets the ball off a throw in from uh, Ochipka. He's got three guys around him. He doesn't care. He, he gets the ball away from them to a Chipko. Chipko makes a move in the box to Imbola and Embola just powers home a low, low shot, far corner. Uh, goal, game, set, match, 4-2. Uh, great strike by Imbolo. Great team play. I think Sertor gets the kudos on that play for escaping those three defenders um, in the corner. But, yeah, all the way around, I mean, 4-2, great strike by Mbolo, great effort by the team. Uh, I could not be more happier. Was, uh, nothing I could have predicted in my wildest dreams this season. Last season maybe is different, but, um, yeah, great result by the
1: team. Exactly what was needed to, to put this game on ice. Um, it's it's a great cutback from Ochipka to find Mbolo. And then, um, phenom- I mean, don't want to be too harsh on Norman because they're down two men at this point, so... Yeah, I'm sure that contributed to the lack of pressure on Mbolo, but regardless, it's it's a great strike from him. It's low, it's slightly curling, you know, fr- from the kind of the top left side of the box. It goes right off the inside of the right post, and, and it's it's a phenomenal effort from him, and it's the kind of stuff he's capable of, man. I mean, we talked about it. We, I mean, you and I, I think you probably agree with me when I say that we still kind of believe in Mbolo and his talent and what he could do for this club. Yeah, um, with a little bit better of a squad around him. Um, he's still a very young promising player so that was that was a huge moment from him love to see him get the goal in the derby to put this thing away and uh, that allowed us all to breed a little bit easier Four two at that point and um, what a result man absolutely yeah. incredible it's- fully expected us to lose this one going into it but you know, that's too. why it's that's why it's the mother of all derbies is Derek Ray would say so. uh
0: Speaking of which, speaking of which, you know, we, you know, I saw that he was uh, commenting on the game, so we tweeted out to them, you know, hey, bring us some luck, Derek bring us some luck, Derek Ray, and sure enough, after the game, he's like, hey, you guys did it, what a game! I, I guess I did bring the luck, so uh, uh, shout out to Derek Ray for the for uh, tweeting back to us and then bringing us the luck. Uh, most of all, that was uh, that was big.
1: Absolutely, yeah, Derek Ray is one of the best doing it right now, so we, we love him so awesome to have him interact with us on twitter that was pretty cool
0: i mean if you look at his final stats the stats weren't the final stats weren't too bad i mean Dorman ended up having 66 percent possession compared to 34 which is kind of what we expected we hoped for at least before the game shots were even at eight uh shots on target chaka had actually one more obviously had one more Had four goals um and yeah chaka ran a little bit more but you expect that when you're playing defense um but yeah uh, it's a good game and uh you know, this is the last time. Well, first off, the second, second second year in a row, we scored four goals at Dortmund. But uh, the last time we had a win at Dortmund, uh, we went to go all the way back to 2012. So here's some trivia for you. Do you know who was the manager in 2012 for this victory?
1: Hope Stevens.
0: Hope Stevens, that's right. Derby Zeger, king of the Ruhr. So, yeah, great win by the guys. Uh, I couldn't be happy. And we thought at the time that we had a nine-point gap over Stuttgart. Uh, they're going to certainly lose in their game in the weekend, but no, they got to win, and it's back
1: to six points. But um, so, w- what an advertisement for the Bundesliga this was this weekend. I mean, I- I'm not particularly interested in the which league is best conversations. I find those conversations to be uh, very fatiguing and kind of pointless. I think shout out to the everyone. Just kidding. <laughs> The K I think everyone's entitled to like whatever league they like, and they should watch it and stop trying to like convince everybody that their league is the best. Um, but without making a claim to which league is best, I like the Bundesliga in general, and I think it's a league that other people should should watch more, even if they don't consider it their favorite league. And uh, you know, one of the things that you know is always the league is always criticized for is the fact that Bayern wins every every year, and uh, yeah. Schalke did their best to change that narrative. They really did. I, I was fully expecting I, – I thought we had kind of stolen the title from them, but then wouldn't you know it, Nuremberg decided to go and give them a game and Bayern just couldn't finish it. Kingsley Coleman couldn't get the get the penalty right at the, at the end. So um, just – insane drama in the Bundesliga this weekend, and what an advertisement for the league that was. This was a, this was a crazy weekend of action. Really unpredictable. Love to see it.
0: Uh, 100%. And there were, But the, unfortunately, there were some scenes I want to talk about, and there's two things I want to talk about for the end of the game. Uh, one is something that happened during the game. One is something we heard today. Um, ugly scenes in the crowd in the game. Uh, the first uh, that was uh, on the on the fr- on the goal by Goza in the in the beginning of the game uh, Jaden Sancho ended up getting hit in the face or in the head or whatever by a lighter uh, from the Shaka section of the of the of the crowd and, and all and all the Dortmund fans are blasting Schalke and they're oh they blah 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 uh that was a despicable play 100%. Uh, no one should ever be throwing anything at a player. Um, some idiot and yes this guy's an idiot uh a Dortmund supporter says oh this is racism at its finest. Uh, the guy was intentionally trying to hit Jaden Sancho. I'm like, really? Show me the proof that this was this is racism. Even Lars Pullman, who's on the on the Yellow Wall podcast, he's like, "Dude, come on, really? You got even the best quarterback in the world? Is not gonna hit him from from that distance? I mean, get the hell out of here, man!" And this guy kept trying to go back and forth with me, and, and he was an idiot. Anyway, I digress. Um, that was not the only action that was going on in the in the crowd that was ugly. I mean, the Dortmund fans were also holding up banners and stuff with some vulgar stuff as well. I mean, neither team, neither fans, uh, were coming off clean on this one. I thought it was ugly in general for that sense. It took away from the beauty of the game and the unpredictability of what would happen. Because ultimately, this is a sensational match, a sensational derby. Uh, Again, as Derek Ray says, the mother of all derbies. Um, But it's unfortunate we have to see scenes like this. uh, In other other leagues around the world, there's other shit too. But um, in this game in particular, there was these two incidences.
1: Well, I mean, I I think the worst thing of all was the banner that some of the Schalke Ultras unfurled. Yes, that one too. Which which essentially said freedom for the, the Dortmund bus bomber Um, I mean, yeah, I I get, I get that. It's a rivalry game. Emotions are high and you want to talk trash and this kind of stuff. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people could have been killed in that situation. Uh, People were injured and it was a traumatic experience for them, as you would imagine. Um, There's a difference between banter and, and and that. Yeah. And that kind of thing
0: needs to be hundred
1: and ten percent yeah, it crosses the line. And I appreciate the fact that Shalka came out and addressed it and, you know, released a public statement about that banner and the fact that, you know, they don't they don't support that and they apologize to Dortmund for it, which is the right move. Um, and then obviously, you know, Jaden Santer getting hit. I I, I agree. It, it's I, I can't imagine it was racistly motivated and there's really no evidence that it was. Uh, so I think that was definitely a stretch by the people that were suggesting that. Um but that being said, don't throw things at people. No. Particularly, you know, metal projectiles that can that can injure somebody. It's one thing if you throw like a styrofoam or a plastic cup at somebody with a beer in it. You know, it's it's another thing if you're throwing items like that. I mean, you shouldn't do any of it, but yeah, um you would love if if the if the derby wasn't tainted by by things like this. You would like to think that everyone's above this. And like like as you as you mentioned, there were some Dortmund fan. I didn't see this banner, but there were supposedly reports of Dortmund fans that had you know a banner with like a homophobic slur on it, yeah, referring to Schalke fans as a homophobic slur. Um, I mean, it's 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 2019. It'd be nice if we could get past these sort of antics and all this hooliganism, but you know, <sighs> frustrating. Anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, for, from our from our podcast, apologies to. Um, all of the Dortmund supporters and the Dortmund players, especially the ones that were specifically involved yeah, in that Mark Bacher, bus attack, Bacher, yeah. F- f- yeah, yeah, because he came out on Twitter and said something about it. I know that he specifically had a hard time dealing with the aftermath of that. So apologies to him directly for that. That was um, unfortunate. And I know that there's, you know, none of the Schalke ultras that were involved in that are probably listening to our podcast. <laughs> I mean, there's like a zero percent chance that that's the case. That's what you think, but if they, yeah, I mean, but but I- <laughs> if they are listening, please take it. A, a, you know, a close look in the mirror and reconsider the way you're approaching things. It, it, I mean, it's it's one thing to be hyped up for for a derby, and and it's another thing to do something like that. It was it was it was disgusting, and it, it's not this this it, it tainted what could have been a great advertisement for the club and a great moment. And and the fact that we have to talk that detracts from. The great victory we had and it's unfortunate that we have to do that yeah we're giving Dorman ammo for no reason you know what i mean so
0: anyway um let's end this on a good note and on oh i guess it's a good note a better and a much better note uh it's some rumors that we heard around we heard rumors about all kinds of different people managers that may be coming back tedesco is one of them as well but we're not going to talk about him we're going to talk about david wagner uh he is uh, the huddersfield manager he is a uh german american uh we're trying to say shaka america here uh, with all the Americans and then in the in the on the Schalke team, so this would just be another American on the team if it came to fruition. Uh, he used to be the the, the, the Borussia Dortmund two manager. He was part of the Klopp disciple, if you will. What do you think about this? Uh, are you on board with this? Are you? I mean, obviously we we always have our guys that we want we'd want to see come on the team, but what do you think about if this was the selection?
1: Yeah. So when when the Tedesco. Um when they parted ways with Tedesco, there were a couple of names that were thrown out immediately. And, and Wagner was one of those because he had already in January, I believe um, part of ways with, with Huddersfield yeah. somewhat controversially you would, you would add uh, because things weren't going well. And he was kind of like, okay, I've had enough. And some people were suggesting that he kind of quit on the team or something, but um, he was one of the ones that initially was immediately suggested, you know, former Schalke player and everything. And, um, in, in the weeks and months that have passed, since then not months, plural, but, you know, whatever, um, his name has kind of fallen off. And you've seen names like Robert Schmidt become more prevalent. Um, and then, of course, the main one in recent weeks has been Dieter Hecking, who has announced he's going to be leaving Gladbach at the end of the season. Um, but in the past 24 hours, really, the, this this Wagner steam has kind of picked back up. And uh, I mean, personally, I would be all for that, especially over Hacking. I mean, Hacking is a is a proven Bundesliga manager. Um, you know, he's bounced around a little bit. He, he's gotten good results at, at you know at, at various clubs. So he would certainly be a competent and steady hand. And I understand the appeal of that from the Schalke perspective. You know, a club with revolving managers, and you know it's kind of a dumpster fire at the moment. Let's get somebody in who knows what they're doing, who's experienced, who is proven, has a track record of success in the Bundesliga. But to me, Wagner is a much more attractive hire. Um, you know, he's a younger, up-and-coming manager. You know, he's, he's very good friends with Jürgen Klav, as we've said. Um, you know, former Schalke guy, knows the club. You know, speaks German. Also, you know, the American thing, which everyone loves, obviously, of course, um, Schalke America and all that. So, uh, I, I think Wagner is a much more exciting hire. Definitely, um, it depends. I guess, I guess, it kind of comes down to whether or not you are in favor of sort of the 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 more you know, hip, exciting hire, or the more steady, you know, conservative hire. Yeah. Um, personally, I would I would like to see the Wagner thing. And then, as far as the Tedesco thing goes, that that kind of got reported like today. A lot of this news was in the past twenty four hours, I think, since yeah. the, or whatever since the Derby. But um, there was reporting that was basically suggesting that, technically speaking, Schalke have not terminated Tedesco's contract, which I think runs through twenty twenty two. So even though they have parted ways with him as manager, they didn't terminate his contract, so he's still kind of like under contract. Yeah. And if they wanted to and Tedesco agreed to it, they could actually just reinstall him in the summer. Which like, just, hey, let's, let's, let's say we survive relegation. They'd be like, hey, we actually do want you going forward. We just needed to make a change to try to shake things up to save the season. Let's get some of these players out that were causing problems and give you the reins back. I can't imagine they would do that.
0: Yeah, that's, that'd That be would be scenario. like,
1: yeah, 100%. That would be... Not like unheard of, but kind of close to it and in a really interesting thing. But um, I guess we'll have to see what, what happens with that. Definitely a lot of interesting news. Personally, I, I would much prefer Wagner. And it sounds like if, if, you can, if you believe the reports, which once again is always the caveat, do you believe what's being reported? Some of those talks with Wagner are in the advanced stages. So um, I would much prefer Wagner to hacking personally. But, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. Well, I mean, it sounds like you agree with me, but what's your what's your take on all of it?
0: I, oh, I definitely I definitely agree that uh, I prefer Wagner over Hecking. Uh, the, the the only thing with me with Wagner, I look if you look at his his record as a manager, both with the Borussia Dortmund second team and um, with Huddersfield, it's below five hundred for the most part. And do you want that as a manager? Now, I'm not going to say that. He won't do well here. Well, he's not a good manager. He, you know, he was just at clubs maybe that didn't have the greatest of players there. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I I do like the guy. The guy, guys, person I mean, I had many interviews with him, both in English and German, and um, it would be certainly interesting, especially you know everyone's talking about oh get someone in the club, club like uh, atmosphere, and he he would be one of the guys. He he understands what kind of game Klopp brings, and hopefully I haven't I haven't seen too much of the teams like Huddersfield, but hopefully he would bring some kind of attacking team. Uh, to the game, and uh, for that, I would I would absolutely welcome him with open hands. And uh, all these rumors, they drive you crazy. And you know, I kind of just want to take a step back now after the season and just let it be whatever happens, whatever happens. But I would not be opposed to Wagner. Um, it's, it does seem like someone uh, who would get along well. It's similar. It seems like from the interviews that he's a similar personality to Tedesco in the sense that he can relate to players and stuff, and and get on the same page with them. So you know that could be good. Um, plus another American ASL was a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, mean, I think given how prominent these rumors were, we, we would be remiss if we didn't discuss it on the podcast, but I definitely agree with you in the sense that like, I'm not particularly concerned about that until we um, officially avoid relegation and lock up our survival in the Bundesliga. Um, all that coaching stuff is is secondary to me. Uh, we, we didn't lock it up this weekend with the result because of the result that Stuttgart had. Um, and there's still work to do, so all that takes a backseat to making sure we insert, in, in ensure survival but um yeah, it, it's interesting to kind of keep an eye on in the background.
0: well Shaka fans, we want to hear from you uh, tell us what you thought not only of the river Deer R- River derby but um, all these rumors going about about you know possible managers and guys going in and out uh let us know at s f four underscore podcast on Twitter Jack, uh, I don't know if you can see this but my glass is empty. And that could only mean one thing. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Yep, we're both we're both dry, so that means we need to end this podcast. Uh, we want to thank Shalka Fox Soccer this week, and all the fans for tidbits on our podcast today. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Shalka U.S. newsletter by simply going to the team website and to your email address. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to everyone who went to Atlanta uh, to, to the viewing party for the, for the River Derby. Obviously, you brought some good luck to the team. Uh, and I saw the pictures from the event there, and uh, it looked like uh, people, people had a lot of fun there. Uh, have you ever been to Atlanta, Jack?
1: That's a good question. I feel like I've probably like, driven through at some point, but I've never really spent any significant time there, so no.
0: Yeah, neither have I. Not much. Uh, very very little time, but we, we should make change for that.
1: One of my good buddies was actually in Atlanta this weekend and went to an Atlanta United game, so... There you go. But Definitely he a destination. The party. What the hell? He was, he's, not, he's a Barcelona fan, unfortunately. He's not a Schalke fan. I've been doing my best to convert him. Okay. But, you know. At least you're doing that.
0: <laughs> we want to give a special shout-out to our friends over at NBC4 Nashville. Of course. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you guys showed the game uh, this weekend. <laughs> uh, we also want to thank everyone who tweeted out us uh, this the, for this podcast. Also, for everyone who uh, watched on Twitter, Twitter. Um, Thank you once again. But, Jack, uh, tell our listeners uh, and our viewers where they can find you on social media.
1: J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. Appreciate all the questions this week. Obviously, the volume of those was was understandably inflated due to the fact that we had the Revere Derby this weekend. Um, but I mean, we love it when you guys send in stuff for us to talk about. Uh, please do that continuing. We love, we love that every week. So uh, thank you for that, and we look forward to engaging you in the near future.
0: 100 percent yeah this is uh great stuff from you guys uh it certainly makes our podcast a lot more fun uh, in our streams i guess if you want to say that too um once again i'm your host richard Carmen you can find me on twitter and instagram or wherever at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n keep watching on twitch and until the next pod comes my friends stay ready and we'll be with you soon shoes <laughs>